Welcome to Transforming Conversations with Heinrich Titus, a monthly podcast exploring faith, culture, and society. A podcast for every generation. Hello, Pastor Heinrich. How are you? Hello, Oscar. <laughs> I'm good. It's good to see you again. It is take yeah. two of our attempts to do this and get this message out there. So, last time we spoke, we spoke in extensively about um, yeah, just leaders and why leaders fail. And in yes. light of the Ravi Zacharias yes. moral failure, which is horrible. And we mourn as the church for the failure of... Of humanity, I guess, mm. but the, I think it always leaves a, a bit of a, a stain on on Christianity. And yeah. I think the question is always how and why and how did we get here? Mm. And I think especially given COVID and people not being in church and people not seeing their leaders and the online church mm. and people eating from all these different wells and drinking from all these different wells. Yeah. Um, international ministries have come to the forefront. And yeah, I think the first, like just questions we have and questions I hear from the, the sheep <laughs> is how, how does this happen? How do we have such gross injustice? How does it get so big? Um, and it seems, I, I, I'm, I'm not in Ravi Zacharias's life, so I can't, I can't know, but it seems that there were no red flags. Nobody saw anything. How does this happen? Yeah, such a big question. <laughs> eh? Such a big question, but a very important one. I think you touched on something so crucial. Um, as a point of departure, I think we must just admit and say that we don't know the full story. All right, And I think it's tempting to obviously overanalyze this and to listen to many different podcasts and read articles, which I absolutely recommend as well because this is a learning opportunity and so we do need to learn from this but I, I think a conversation like the one we're having now you know I, I, I dread conversations like this in a certain way the only uh, the only reason I do it is because I don't want Robbie's pain and the pain that his family's going through um, and when I say Robbie's pain because he had to be tormented you know, in some way or another. He had to be conflicted. He had to have had something so deeply broken inside of him that manifested in sin. Uh, because ultimately that's that's what happens. It's 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 brokenness, human brokenness and human pain, um, which we don't take to God that manifests in, in sin ultimately. You know, we try to save ourselves, we try to heal ourselves. Um, and even before we get to the maybe the technicalities and what exactly Robin did and so forth. I think it's important to acknowledge that, that all of us are broken, deep down, wounded, broken, twisted, uh, deeply scarred. And if we don't take those things to Jesus, then they find ways of coming out, you know? And I think just from a distance, looking at Ravi's life, and I don't know Ravi, you know, that's why this is such a difficult conversation, but I, I don't know the man, you know? Um, uh, and, and so I'm very reluctant to, to, to judge from afar or to make statements from afar. But what does seem to have emerged is that there were red flags uh, over the years, you know, and those red flags were ignored, unfortunately. Um, so that was good for me to, to hear because I realized that even though this seems like out of the blue, so sudden, so strange, 
so inexplicable. It's, it's clear that there were people close to Rabi that saw certain things, flagged certain things, and then those who had the power to do something about it didn't. Um, and I think that's, the, that's the, the big one, is that God was faithful and always is faithful, you know, that it is impossible that God would not have spoken to Ravi, would not have tried to help him, and even would not have tried to help those around him. Um, but unfortunately, Ravi, it seems, and those close to him who had the power to do something about it, um, they didn't. So maybe the biggest failure was a lack, and a, a lack of courage to, to stop and to do something about what was going on before it got to this, to this point. It always seems like our sin or whatever is zero to a hundred, but there's no yeah. such thing as zero to a hundred yeah. when it comes to these things. Yeah. And I think it's, like you said, there was a community, there were people, there were red flags, there was, there was a lack of courage. Um, and I, yeah, I, it resonates so much, especially in Psalm 27, where it says, like, have courage, wait on the Lord. Yeah. And it's sometimes even in that, like, we do not have the courage to wait on the Lord, either yeah. for the breakthrough or for the, you know, so we find, I guess, comforts and small things yeah. that are, yeah. you know, morally not great. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah and it, it's almost that there's a courage in the transparency. There's a courage in walking away. Um, yeah. And it's also only empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, even in that strain, even with that, knowing that it's not something that we do, we cannot will ourselves into just perfection because mm. it's just, it's the Bible tells us a different story. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, as pastors and leaders, because this is this is the question now. Like you said, it's like you, you said, you're terrified to talk about mm. it because, you know, it could, it's the grace of the Lord that it's not us. It's the yeah. grace of the Lord that it's not my yeah. pastor. Yeah. Um, and how do we guard ourselves? How do yeah. we as leaders, as pastors, um, I don't know. I always want to say, how do we listen to the red flags? <laughs> mm. How do we, how, yeah, how do we make sure and guard our hearts, guard our ministries, guard our sheep? Because that's, oh, we'll touch on that later, but the repercussions is not mm. just this family and we mm. mourn for his family because it must be horrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the thousands of lives yeah. that he will stand and account for as yeah. well. Um, but how do we God? How do we God? How do we God? <laughs> yeah. So I think what you're saying, Tosca, is so important is we you, you make it personal, you know, because I think the temptation is to have this be a Ravi discussion, you know, and then we we look at that from 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 a distance and and um you're so right, you know, but for the grace of God it could have been any any of us. Um and so I think this whole issue around Ravi and how he, how he failed and maybe how the structures and relationships around him failed him and failed those that, that he was um, supposed to have protected. I think that conversation is one that each one of us have to have with ourselves. Um, and it's interesting, there was a guy who, who did some research on, on why leaders failed, you know, and I think it was something like uh, 250 leaders that he interviewed um, who failed, study in America, pastors who failed, in, they fell into either financial or sexual sin. And there were certain things that were, that were highlighted, um, certain things that were common to each, each one of them. And, and I think sometimes what happens is that when you're in a leadership position, you obviously rather didn't start out thinking, man, one day I'm going to just destroy all of this, you know, 
one day I'm going to make a mockery of the name of Jesus and I'm going to send thousands of people's faith into, into a, a tailspin. Uh, it happens gradually, and I think that's the same for all of us. Eh? I think the slide is gradually, the decline is gradual. The Bible talks about different um, sort of uh, physical postures that the Bible uses for spiritual growth. And so Paul would talk about us or him running the race and running the race to, well. Um, uh, Hebrews would talk about it as well. You know, we want to run the race. Um, and so I think God's ideal is for all of us to finish uh, running. You can be running, which means you keep on growing. You know, you keep on growing in your intimacy with the Lord. You keep on growing in your understanding of who God is, of, 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 of how much you need His grace, of how much you, you basically, you, you're nothing without Him. Um, and men like Abram had that, you know, he grew, if, if we look at his life, he, I mean, he started off not too well, you know, um, I mean, he lied about his wife being his sister, <laughs> you know, he was a coward, shame, man. Um, he, you know, um, uh, gave birth to a son, you know, outside of God's, God's promise, but he actually grew in his relationship with God, you know, and ended up much stronger than what he started with. Um, Paul was the same, you know. Um, but then there are other guys who sort of, they slow down. And so instead of finishing whilst running, they they walk, you know. Um, maybe someone like like Ezekiah, you know, had a good, brilliant start to his life, followed the Lord from a young age. And then eventually, you know, just opened the door for pride, invited the Babylonians into the temple. Hey, come and have a look at how awesome, you know, this temple is. Um, so he, he ended up not, backsliding, but sort of slowing down and walking. Then you have other guys that are just limping, you know. Um, a guy like Solomon maybe would be a good example of that. Uh, ended up just really, you know, having lost so much. And then there are guys that are, that get disqualified along the way, like I have. And I think we want to we wanna be in that position where we're constantly growing. And so I think uh, red flags along the way would be almost like in a, like you, you, those of us doing physical exercise, we know the body speaks to you. Uh, or even you, you, you've been cramming for an exam or you're working long hours. And somewhere along the line, you've got to listen to your body. Right? Somewhere along the line, you've got to pay attention to the migraine, to the tummy ulcer, to the pain in the Achilles, whatever it is. And, and we know that. Or hopefully we know that, you know, physically. That's what we have to do. You have to listen to your body. Um, but somehow or another, as believers, especially in leadership, and if we're not careful as young believers, we can get pulled into this momentum, this energy that's exhilarating and it's amazing. Um, but we, we don't have the courage to, to stop. So I, I, would, I would say first and foremost, just, just stop. You know, Be courageous enough to, to say, I can't. I can't do this. Ask for help. Um, and to have obviously people close enough to you that would know you and love you enough beyond your title, you know, whatever the title might be, beyond your position, beyond your responsibility. Someone would just love you for who you are and would speak to you. And so I, I think two ingredients are needed for us to engage with the red flags in our lives. We need people who are compassionately committed to us um, and we need an environment of, of truth. You know, so you need... Uh, red flags in isolation just become, uh, they can become objects of, of, of judgment, you know, it can be a stone, you know, um, or it can be a moment of healing, 
And I think maybe part of uh, what failed Robbie was that maybe he was in a culture where he feared, he lived in fear, um, like so many of us do, you know, as leaders even. What happens when I'm fully known? Will I still be fully loved? And uh, I think that's our challenge. You know, can we live that way? Can we be in a community, create a community, be a community where those around us have, have that courage because they see the compassion in us, but also they know we love them enough to confront certain things. I'm reading a book called Dangerous Calling at the moment mm. by Paul David Trippin. Mm-hmm. He also he speaks about the, the minister who forgets to minister the gospel to himself mm-hmm. on a on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and we but he says oh, he says it so well, but he says you you get so good at ministering the gospel to others, but you forget to receive the same grace that the gospel gives to you. Yeah. Um, and he also just built such a beautiful picture of this notion that it's only Christ who's the head of the church. There mm-hmm. is there's no Christ and then the pastor's the neck. Yeah. The pastor is actually just a yeah. part of the body. Like, Absolutely. Like any other congregation Absolutely. member, there's a different calling and anointing. But yeah. um, And then he just says the pastor needs the ministry of the body yeah. the same way that any congregation minister need, or any congregation member needs it. Absolutely. And similarly with the gospel. And I think, mm. yeah, you've touched on that, just that that ability to build intimacy, to build mm. a community that, that you can be Come seen on. in. Yeah. Um, and I guess… Uh, my my notion would be obviously that it is a fear of rejection. It's a fear of the the call of God being diminished. Mm. And I, even in some of the reports, um, of, not some of the reports of the report, um, Ravi would say things like, "Oh, but if you tell people, then so many people's faiths will be derailed." But yeah. that's also a misunderstanding of the gospel because yeah. people's faiths have very little to do with us, yeah. and lots yeah. and lots and lots to do yeah. with. Jesus Christ. Yeah, oh, amen. Man. Amen. <laughs> Isn't amen. that so comforting? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> Such it a is. freeing reality. Yes, um, definitely. But now, if I, if, if I can get back to, to that uh, report quickly. So, so they mentioned four things, um, which, which you also touched on a little bit. The one is just uh, the lack of accountability in the lives of Christian leaders who failed. And by accountability, really just referring to consistent accountability. Um, personal accountability, you know, where, as I mentioned earlier, you have that culture of compassion and and truth. Uh, the second thing was that, um, um, you know, as, as Tripp mentions in that book, um, there was just a lack of the basic disciplines. Uh, Bible reading, um, just devotion time, worship time, um, meditation upon scripture, you know, where it was not part of your work, part of a, a series, part of something that you had to prepare. Um, and and finally enough, one would think that those things are the things that Christian leaders would specialize in. But um, it, it's clear that when you start slipping, you start just losing your personal joy and your personal relationship. You know, that's one of the red flags, really. And 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 it's surprising how how very little we ask ourselves that question or we ask each other that question. So what has the Lord been saying to you lately? You know, what are you reading lately um, from Scripture? You know, what is God saying to you from Scripture? Not, you know, I had a meeting the other day again and um, with with uh, another Christian leader and, you know, it's so easy to talk about the external things, the things that get the likes, the things that bring in the money, the things that, you know, would look like, are you successful? Uh, but then it's the beneath the surface things. Um, 
Then also what they, what they just saw in the research was that these guys were just very unwise in spending time with people from the, the opposite gender. Um, uh, I'm reminded of one of the guys that really did finish well, it's a guy like Billy Graham, you know? And I think it's important also for us to, to say that there are Christian leaders who do finish well. You know, um, you, think, you think of Billy Graham, you think of Ronald Bonker, you think of Mother Teresa, you know, just people who died uh, having run the race well with their integrity intact. And, and they had some very clear boundaries around how they would go about with people from the, the opposite sex. And unfortunately, within leadership, um, um, one can begin to believe the lie that there are certain things that apply to other people. Because the anointing is so great upon your life or because the responsibility is so great upon your life, you don't really have to do things the way other people do. And so there are these different set of criteria, you know, that you would recommend for others, but that you, that you don't live by yourself. Um, and then the last thing they said there was, without exception, each one of these guys just said, not in their wildest dreams did they think this could happen to them. You know, and, and so they became... Um, um, they lost their vigilance around certain things. And I think that's, if there's one thing that we need to learn from this, it, it, it is, to, is to be vigilant around certain things that are precious to us. You know, what are we protecting? What are we guarding in our, in our hearts? Yeah. Amen and amen. <laughs> I'll listen to that again. Um, especially that notion that it's nev- not me, not yeah. me, maybe you, but not yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, that, that sobriety um, of, yeah, you know, that knowing yourself soberly yeah. is is very important. And yeah. again, through I think Paul says it a few times: soberly assess whether yes. you are in the faith. Soberly yes. assess, soberly assess, yeah. um, and that yeah. discipline, even the yeah. discipline of soberly assessing, is yeah. something we do not do because, like you said, it's easy to talk about the likes and the amens that you're receiving, mm. but an amen. Mm. In the synagogue is really not mm. what we need yeah. at this point. Yeah. Look, in Tosca, you know, we, we we tend to try to make the connection in our minds between <clears throat> this leader with this great platform, his great ministry, and we ask ourselves, how could this happen to him? Mm. You know, and I'm just wanting to bring the conversation back to, you know, uh, what is happening in my heart? Mm. Because ultimately, Ravi was just Ravi. He was just mm. a man. You know, we think of Ravi Zacharias as part of Ravi Zacharias. Ministry International, yeah. you know, the great apologist. Uh, but he was just a man, you know. And so and so, um, being willing to have difficult questions asked of us. Yeah. If we don't start now, you can't wait till one day when you're in that leadership position. Mm. You can't wait to be faithful one day when you get married. Mm. The wedding ring doesn't change anything. Yeah. You know, if you're unfaithful before the ring, you're going to be unfaithful with oh, the ring. Yeah. It doesn't change anything. It just amplifies yeah. very often. Um, <laughs> so so just, just in terms of um, receiving God's word, for me it manifests sometimes just in like, what do we do on a normal Sunday mm. when God's word gets ministered to us? Mm. You know, we're like, yes, that's a brilliant word for the guy who isn't here or, you know, yeah. for my neighbor or I've heard this a thousand times. I'm not even going to take notes. Yeah. You know, it's, it starts in small, small ways mm. like that. You know, what do I do with the smallest little whisper that God gives me? If we ignore him, you know, with a whisper around just phone your mom or, you know, treat the guy that collects the garbage with respect, 
Mm. You know, then we expect we're going to hear him when he warns us against the uh, the massive sins. And it doesn't work doesn't that way. Work. By that time, your heart is so hardened. You're so religious. Mm. And it didn't start in Ravi's case then with the, the ladies at the spa. You know, it probably started way before, way before that. that in smaller and smaller mm. ways. You know? And it's that progressive hardening of the heart. And just, oh, I'm so challenged by that, that to keep the posture of humility yeah. ever before God. Yeah. I, I heard um, Mother Teresa, every time she addressed a large, like the president or a, like the UN, if she had a very prestigious talking opportunity, yeah. directly after that, she'd go back to Kolkata and she would wash the diapers. Yeah. That would be her task for the week. Yeah. Um, just to remember, like, yeah. to, to put rhythms of keeping the humility, like yeah. keeping your heart, keeping yeah. your heart um, humble towards God. Yeah. Is, yes, and those... The rhythms do not come when, like you've mentioned now, um, I think especially as a, a young single person, you're kind of like, oh, one day when I have kids, we're going to be active. And one day when I have kids, we're going to have this type of discipline and rhythm. Exactly. And I don't think that's true. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that is a lie I tell myself sometimes when I want to eat KFC for dinner. Um, <laughs> but even with that, um, Pastor Heinrich, so now you've, and you've touched on it, it's Ravi Zacharias International Ministries and We've all used his resources. We've read yes. his books. We've yeah. sent his videos to countless people. But what yeah. do we do now with the resources? Is this now spoiled, never to be used again? Do we discard it? Do we partake in, mm. you know, the world and cancel him <laughs> as a as a great apologist? Because mm. for all that Ravi was not in terms of being faithful, he was a great apologist, and there was yeah. truth. Um, he did yeah. minister truth. Um, yeah. What what do we do with the resource? What do we yeah. do with the books and the podcasts yeah. and the videos? Yeah. I think it would be extremely unwise and maybe even um, disres disrespectful towards God, you know, who used Ravi mm. to just discard all of that. Um, and, and, and obviously, you know, it goes through, one's emotions also uh, go through cycles, you know, and waves. Um, like many of us have to mourn. We have to mourn losing someone that we that we looked up to. Uh, we have to mourn and navigate through our own emotions of shame, maybe or, or anger that that you believed this guy, that you followed him, that you recommended him to others. Um, but we 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 do need to try to separate also the man from the message, and to understand that um, you know it doesn't change any of the truths and the amazing methodologies and the things that we can learn from the way that Ravi communicated. For me, always what stood out was uh, what he did get right was his ability to communicate gracefully towards people who disagreed with him, um, at least in public, you know. And I, so I think there is um, a lot to learn from that. And there could be contexts where people don't know about what happened and one could preface um, using that material with, um, what we do know about Ravi. Um, unfortunately, the reality is that that's probably not going to be the case. You know, um, the world would judge Ravi's message as well by the fruit of his life. And I think we can't blame them for that. You know, so I would, I would, I would probably say the best thing to do was to, to go and have a look at those things, think about what you've learned from, from him. Maybe there's an opportunity in this for all of us to, to stop abdicating our responsibility to wrestle ourselves with many of the truths in Scripture and many of the, 
the challenges that, that, that people face out there instead of just sending them a link to wrestle through those things ourselves, you know, and to say, uh, what does God want to say through me? Um, the glorious, beautiful thing is, you know, even I think you, you're touching on this whole issue of disillusionment in this now as well. You know, it's like, I've got this material. What do we do with this? You know, um, what now? Yeah. It's just to say that, praise God, people don't come to Christ because Ravi is amazing. Mm. You know, or that worship leader is amazing. And maybe even somewhere along the line, we hoped that that would be the case. That people would come to Christ because we can introduce them to an amazing Ravi. Mm. And uh, just look how amazing this man is. And and that's probably not the way that true uh, born-again experience, salvation, repentance experiences happen. And so we have to have confidence in, in, in the truth and not in the person that, um, that communicates the truth. But the sad reality is that there's a lot of damage that is being done and the repercussions of that will, will still be felt for a long time. I think it just closing off um, for us, you touched on the disillusionment, you touched on the damage, and even myself as a leader and working with young People, young sheep, the disillusionment is so rife and I, I, I'm experiencing it going, but if Ravi can fail, then can't my pastor fail? Can't my, you know, and yep. almost this disillusionment and we have to be very sober about the fact that the, just the anarchy desires within mm. the world where society mm. is going, mm. um, establishment authority is not mm. popular Mm. Um, and I'm seeing it with with young people mm. who are already, in a sense, disillusioned with leadership or with father figures or whatever the authority is. Yeah. And then these type of stories come in, and or oh, this not story. This isn't a story. <laughs> these realities yeah. come in, and then you're sitting on the other end of that now disillusioned mm. person, almost having a confirmation bias of you yeah. see leaders are untrustworthy. You see people. Yeah. Um, how do you just as a you know for the pastors out there, how do we navigate that with with um, with young sheep? And mm. I, I can imagine even old sheep who have maybe gotten hurt and who have maybe been running the race and just yeah. after failure after failure after failure found themselves in a place where they're just disillusioned with mm. leadership, disillusioned mm. with this notion that there is authority mm. that can lead me and I, I, dare I say you know fall to the Oh, it's Jesus and me. Yeah. And in a sense, because I what almost want to say, I've seen the end of that road. Yeah. It it comes to a place of the church that we, yeah. we then walk away from church because church is broken. Yeah. The leaders are broken. Therefore, me and Jesus, yeah. um, yeah, how do how yeah. do we navigate that conversation? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have any tips or just yeah, what would you say to that? Yeah. I think it's a beautiful discipleship moment. Um, and I think for as long as there is relationship, one can navigate through that. Uh, there aren't easy answers. Um, and I think the beautiful opportunity we have now is to point people to Scripture. Um, you know, if we look at Hebrews 11 and we look at those who made it to Hebrews 11, uh, there are incredible people in there, but also some very broken people. And I think just to bring that conversation back to the fact that this is what the body of Christ has always been. It's just a collection of very broken people with an amazing Savior 
an amazing Jesus with, with one who is incredible. And um, I think just to bring the conversation back to that, that one can actually say, hey, especially if you're young, let's not waste this opportunity. Let's, let's learn from this. Let's say to ourselves, we want to be better. You know, we want to be better. We want to we want to leave. I, I love the passion that young people have mm-hmm. now for for uh, causes of justice. You know, for the environment, for challenging things that have led to generational cycles of abuse and oppression and all of those things. You know, it's so beautiful to see, and it gives me great hope because I do believe God is in the passion of this generation that He has raised up to say, hey, "Enough is enough." Um, at the same time, we do know that sometimes that passion can be indiscriminate and it can destroy more than what it can build. Mm. And I think that's a challenge for this generation. And that's why more than ever, we, even if it's just 10, year, 10 years older than the next generation, you know, to, to fight for relationship with them. If you're 50 years older than them, or so much more. Mm. Um, because we do need each other. And I think if we can point them back to scripture mm. and say that, look, uh, it's a guy from Fuller um, Theological Seminary. He did a study on, I think it was about a thousand leaders in Scripture that he identified. Um, not all of them have enough detail about their lives, but those we could find detail. I think the research was just, it was just one out of three that finished well. Oh, wow! You know, and that's in in the in the Bible. You know, one out of three of them that really finished well as people, as leaders, and yet they're still in Scripture. You know, God isn't ashamed of them. God still chose to use them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and it's our responsibility to walk in the light. It's our responsibility to learn from this and to say, I don't want to put anybody through what I'm going through now. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember just as a young person, one of my family members coming to my mom for um for deliverance. Um and and I was sort of in earshot and heard the conversation. And it was just around some very deep sexual brokenness in our bloodline. Uh, it wasn't actually fair, just some, some family, uh, there, there was sexual abuse within that family that mm-hmm. was taking, taking place. And I was, I think it was a primary school and I, and, I, and I heard that and I was like, so why did I hear this now? You understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, why, why do we know about Ravi? Why do we know about him? You know, um, and then we, we can stand and judge or we can, you can ask her, why, God? Why do I know about Ravi? And what am I going to do about it? Mm. You know, and, and that was the moment for me. Like, I was like, man, all this stuff in my family, you know? Yes, like it. This is like, I can't believe this is going on. And then I was like, I'm, what was I, 11 or 12? I now know about this. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, and then I just, I started journeying with the Lord and with my parents and said, you know, some of that stuff in me, mm. you know, I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to deal with it. Mm. I'm going to kill it because I don't want to pass this on. Yeah. And all of us can pass on hectic things. And so I got deliverance and, and there are some things that I put in place in my life, you know, just say that personally for myself, I'm not going to touch alcohol because I judge people who use alcohol. No, but because of my, my weaknesses in my bloodline. In other words, as painful as it was, as, as disillusioning as it was, discovering certain things about my family members, extended family members, I I learned from it. Mm. And it made me a better person, you know? 
Uh, I can be a better dad now because I knew about those things. And my, my, my prayer is just that we will become better Christians, better disciples, um, turning our attention back to, to Jesus. So this is first maybe that I can read in closing for us mm-hmm. in Hebrews. Um, I'll just find it now. Hebrews 13, verse 7 to 8. It says, remember your leaders, right? And so when we remember them, you know, we, we, um, we think of them. Um, we must remember them as people, mm-hmm. but people that God has used. Um, who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I think that is an instruction from Scripture God gives us. Look at your leaders, but consider the outcome of their, of their life. You know, and imitate their faith. Imitate the good things in there. Mm. Um, but be aware of the fact that they are human and it's going to be made of time when they fail. But he finishes off then and says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the only one. Amen. The only one. And that's our anchor. Our anchor for our faith as believers, as resilient Christians, has never been in a person. It's not been in Martin Luther. It's not been in whoever else right throughout the centuries, Augustine or in Billy Graham or in Rabbi Zacharias. Mm-hmm. Uh, the strength and the faith of this church family isn't in Heinrich Titus or in any one of us. It's in Jesus Christ, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I think that's where we need to disciple um, this generation too again. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Heinrich, for your time. You're welcome. What an insightful conversation. Um, I'm encouraged and I trust that everyone listening is encouraged too. Thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us today. This has been Transforming Conversations with Heinrich Titus, a podcast for every generation. We love to connect with our listeners, so please engage with our social media platforms.